0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A. After week nine, the Buffalo Bills are seven and two for the first time since I was in middle school. They defeated the Seattle Seahawks 44 to 34 on Sunday in a game that was never really in doubt. Uh, We never really got that sense of foreboding that we've seen in a lot of other games the Buffalo Bills have played. They were really able to put this one away, which was really nice to see, especially against such a good team. As always, you can get your questions in for next week's episode by calling our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us, Q and a that's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email us, buffalorumlings at SBNation.com. Facebook messages and Instagram messages to the Buffalo Rumlings accounts will get to me as well. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show, so please let your voice be heard. It's a really boring show without you folks. All right, so let's get right into that conversation about the Bills' win over the Seattle Seahawks. It's not as surprising as a lot of folks are playing it out to be. I think plenty of people that follow the the Seahawks or did any sort of analysis on the Seahawks saw that their pass defense was suspect and it was a get-right game for Josh Allen. I don't think anybody expected the Bills' defense to play as well as they did, but You could at least see the Bills scoring a lot of points and maybe winning in a track meet. I think the biggest surprise, and you'll see that reflected in our questions this week, is how well the defense played. And I think they played incredibly well. And uh, even though they allowed so many points, 34 points, um, I don't think that was indicative of the day that the defense had. I mean, they slowed down a prolific Seahawks offense. And, um, and really made it no doubt. This is what we wanted to see in the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, where the Bills would just be able to win, you know, by limiting the, the Chiefs' pass offense and by scoring more points. And because the Bills' offense didn't click that day, it just didn't work out. But we've seen game plans similar to this before where, you know, you're counting on your offense to put up 30-something points and win the game for you. And I think they have that ability with Josh Allen, with Brian Dable, With this wide receiver core to be able to do that and it was really impressive um, for me at least watching what they were able to do despite the fact that they lost all three of their starting interior linemen over the course of the last few weeks so we'll get into all of that um, in a second but uh, first let's go to my takeaways from the game you know as a reminder i write these as the game is going on and then right after the game so if i missed some sort of big storyline that's emerged Since the game ended Um, That's really the reason why So these are like my immediate takeaways from the game And the first thing I wrote was pass, 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 repeat Um, Pete Carroll said it after the game That he didn't anticipate that the Bills were just going to keep passing And completely abandon the run game But I want to give Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator And Josh Allen, the quarterback Just a ton of credit for what they were able to do Against that Seattle secondary That really looked lost all game Bills players were just running wide open over and over and over again. And to the Bills' advantage, they just kept doing it. Um, all year, we've been talking about Josh Allen taking advantage of what the defense allows. So if they take away the top um, and you know limit you to short passes, he's been taking those 8, 9, 10-yard passes and just moving the ball down the field, being really patient. And um, they were really, really patient on Sunday, moving the ball gaining chunks of yards using the passing game, and really just completely ignoring the run game for large stretches of the game. Just in the first two drives, Josh Allen completed it to six different receivers. He added a seventh receiver on the third drive, and then an eighth receiver on his next drive. Six of those players had catches of 20 yards or more, so he was spreading the ball around, taking what the defense gave him, reading the coverages, just doing a masterful job of carving up the Seattle secondary. Um, He started 10-for-11 for for 117 yards and two touchdowns, and then in the first half had 282 yards on 24-of-28 passing and three touchdowns. Just a great game, got out in front, and really dictated the rest of the game to the Seattle Seahawks. It wasn't until the ninth play of the game that the Bills ran the ball, and they only had two designed rushing attempts in the first half. So, you know, a lot of Bills fans really like to see the run game and you talk about run stats, like if a team runs this many times, you know they have this percentage of chance to win, but that's not setting up the percentage to win. It's because they're ahead in the game. And even when the Bills were ahead in the game, they weren't ahead comfortably enough where they could just, you know, hand the ball off to Devin Singletary three times and um, and then punt it back to Seattle. They had to keep the the pedal down really all the way until the end of the game. Sacks on sacks, uh, the Bills allowed a ton of sacks. Seven sacks of josh allen and that is partly to do because of the consistent changing on the interior of the offensive line uh, you saw cody ford already a little bit hobbled leave the game with an injury brian winters left the game came back in uh, with his own injury john feliciano has only been back off injured reserve for a week and they're asking him to play 100 percent of snaps make all the line calls and snap the ball and block So, I mean, it's just a lot of stuff happening on the interior of the line. And they even lost Darrell Williams, the right tackle for part of the game against the Seahawks. So you can at least understand why they allowed so many sacks uh, to that Seattle pass rush. Um, But it was problematic to a point. Um, The Bills were obviously passing a ton, so you're going to see higher sack numbers. But at no point in time did you feel that it was affecting Josh Allen's ability to keep his eyes down the field. He wasn't scared by it. He wasn't changing the way he played. He still kept looking down the field, trying to take those shots, um, you know, in the intermediate passing routes. It wasn't flustering him to the point where he was forcing the ball or getting the ball out too quickly. So I thought that that was really impressive from Josh Allen. It showed absolute maturity. Um, On the flip side, you saw Russell Wilson sacked or knocked down 16 times uh and i think it was set four or five times i can't remember how many times in total but you know you saw the the fumbles you saw the the interceptions that he was throwing um, i'm not saying he got you know flustered i don't think that russell wilson was flustered but it was yeah you know, it was definitely the bills were impacting russell wilson's game because they kept hitting him because they kept rushing his throws a little bit again not flustering but you know forcing him and controlling him a little bit more than the Seahawks were able to do with Josh Allen, despite having more sacks. And actually, after the game, Field Gulls, the SB Nation Seahawks blog, tweeted out that have you ever felt like seven sacks meant something like seven sacks have meant so little in a game? You know, the the Seahawks defensive front got the job done, and their secondary really let them down. So lots of sacks on both sides of the ball, as both teams really went pass heavy. Brian Dable and Josh Allen are back. I know I've talked about them a ton already, but I gave them their own headline in the takeaways piece. Um, the third and the long screenplay to John Brown in the fourth quarter was a stroke of genius. Um, it was not what was called by Brian Dable. Josh Allen audible to it because he saw cover zero and saw that the bills had the ability to get a hat on a hat and get out in front of John Brown to get that, first down and it was just masterful masterful they started the fourth quarter with a screen to stop the seahawks pass rush uh, just a great day all around by dable and allen speaking of great days aj klein we'll talk about him more a little bit later in the podcast but he had two sacks and the nail in the coffin with six and a half minutes left in the game he came in and on a delayed blitz sacked russell wilson forced the ball out and recovered it he had the trifecta the strip sack recovery uh He's been much maligned here in this podcast, on Buffalo Rumlings, in the comment section, on Twitter, and justifiably so. But he had maybe his best professional game ever on Sunday against the Seahawks. So you got to give credit where credit is due. Tremaine Edmonds made another impact this week. I thought both linebackers played well. And so Tremaine Edmonds had a pass breakups, so a QB pressures, a sack. Uh, Led the team in tackles. I just thought he had a really nice game and uh, was playing really fast. And that's kind of what we've been missing from Edmonds all year is the ability to play fast and and react instead of like what looks like thinking or making decisions. Jordan Poyer is a guy that I think should be a Pro Bowl lock this year. He's third in the NFL in um, in tackles. Is that right? Third in the NFL? Something like that. Uh, He's... He's playing out of his mind well, and on his interception of Russell Wilson in the first half, where he peeled off the underneath route to make make an interception, I mean, it's almost the exact same play Micah Hyde pulled against Tom Brady last year. Um, You know that you're you're tracking the quarterback's eyes, and he's looking into the end zone, and the guy that's short isn't going to make the impact that the guy that's in the end zone can. So peel off the underneath one and uh, make the interception. Tredavious White followed the same exact uh, methodology later in the game to pick off Russell Wilson uh, a second time. You know, it's third and whatever it was, third and 25, and Tredavious White was playing the short zone. He knows that that guy is going to get tackled before the first down marker, so he peels back and makes a nice interception. Both of those guys deserve a lot of credit. And then finally, D.K. Metcalf is so good. Watching that guy play, um, he had over 100 yards receiving he made a big impact. He was so tough to bring down, and you saw it over and over again. Uh, it was just fun to watch him play. He's just a stud, and um, and the Bills did a nice job limiting him, even though Tredavious White looked silly a couple times uh, going up against him. So those are my takeaways from the game. We'll uh, take a quick break and then come back to your questions. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> All right, over to Twitter, where Jonathan Trippy asks us, is the defense actually better? I don't know if they've been playing particularly poorly. Um, Let's go back to their losses. Their loss against the Tennessee Titans was because of some really poor special teams play and um, some turnovers, not some great play by the Bills' offense, I don't necessarily know if they got beat by the Titans so poorly badly that, you know, we think that the defense was poor. You know, they were able to shut down Derrick Henry that week. The next week they were really able to limit Patrick Mahomes, keep the the Chiefs' offense from scoring, running up the score against them. So I mean I don't know if the defense was ever really bad. I just don't think they were ever like great. They weren't winning games for the Bills like we anticipated them doing. We expected the offense to get better and the defense to stay the same and I think just over the years, that's been proven kind of I don't know silly in the NFL. Defenses don't sustain from year to year like offenses can because the players change so much and the scheme changes and players get older and lose a step. So I don't know if the defense was ever playing bad per se. They still haven't been. I mean, haven't been doing great with taking the ball away. And you saw how important that was against the Seattle Seahawks. They were able to get four turnovers, which was just huge in the outcome of that game, and I think that's been missing over the last several weeks. But obviously they got that right this week with four turnovers. Um, So is the defense actually better? I mean, they certainly played better, but it was game plan specific. They stayed in nickel 100% of the game, going into dime a a few times. So they had at least five defensive backs on the field all the time. I, I think that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier are really good at game planning. And it was just a matter of time before they got right. Now, does that mean that next week when they're playing the Arizona Cardinals that it's going to be just as easy? No, I don't think so. And, you know, they're going to come up again in games where the team isn't missing their top two running backs and they're going to get run down. They still have problems at one tech defensive tackle. But I think for this game, they had a really, really well thought out uh, game plan. And I think that if you give these coaches and this defense enough time, they can match up against any team in the league. Like against the Steelers coming up in a few weeks, you don't have to worry about Ben Roethlisberger taking off and running. So they're going to be able to pin their ears back a little bit and go after him. But they still don't have that one tech defensive tackle. So the problems that existed are still there. They just were able to mask them this week a little bit. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Rumblings Q&A. Joe Blazer asked, was A.J. Klein the defensive MVP of the game? Absolutely. And he gets all the credit in the world. He played a great game on Sunday. They used him uh, really, really effectively. He wasn't being dropped into coverage. They used him off the edge a ton. Um, And, you know, I don't know what his snap counts were. I'm sure they were near 100%. But, you know, he never stuck out in the ways that he has stuck out negatively in the past. So, yeah, give him all the credit in the world. A.J. Klein came to play on Sunday, and I really hope he's named the AFC's Defensive Player of the Week because the dude earned it. And, um, yeah, he just he really exceeded expectations on Sunday. And I'm sure that Sean McDermott and A.J. Klein and Leslie Frazier are going to point to this game whenever Klein gets criticism for the rest of the year. So uh, that look, that's fun. Well, we can look forward to that. Uh, Austin asks us, uh, when will the Super Bowl winning parade be and will masks be required? Uh, Yes, masks will be required at that parade when the Bills win the Super Bowl this year. Um, But you actually make a really good point is that I think people are getting a little bit ahead of themselves. Um, I know in this podcast space, the SB Nation um, Monday show the, the national show said that the Bills were the second best team in the AFC behind the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. They still haven't beaten a top team in the AFC. They, the, last, the only team in the AFC's playoff picture that they've beaten is the Miami Dolphins. And so when you keep looking around, the AF, like they have to get through the Titans or the Chiefs or the Ravens or the Steelers in order to get to the Super Bowl. And so I I still think it's a little bit premature to talk about that. And I know that you're poking fun at it and being sarcastic about it, but there are Bills fans that are having that conversation after the Bills beat the Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks were a great team, even though they were leading the NFC West and really outscoring other teams because Russell Wilson was just having a great season. But I think if you look at the Bills' upcoming schedule. They're going to be battle-tested by the time they get to the playoffs. Josh Allen is going to be more confident. He's been in his first playoff game, and we saw him fall apart a little bit against the Houston Texans last year in the playoffs. So if he can keep his composure like he did against the Seahawks, if he can keep from trying to play hero ball, which we saw maybe sneaking in a little bit earlier in the year against the Chiefs and the Titans, if we can keep avoiding hero hero Josh and just stick with confident Josh – I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. Their defense, like I just said in the last answer, their defense can match up with anybody week to week. The offense can score points on anybody week to week. This team is a dangerous team, and they can certainly make a run in the postseason. They have the experience now to do it as well. I, they're a dangerous team, but I'm not getting ahead of myself until they beat a team a team in the AFC playoff picture that isn't the Miami Dolphins. Okay, So they have to beat some team coming up, <laughs> that is you know, a playoff contender. And you know, they, they've done it now with the NFC West and the Rams and the Seahawks, hopefully this week against the, the Cardinals as well. So they're, they're building their resume for sure. And if they can get a few more home playoff games this year, it'll be even better. And to your point, I don't see with the COVID numbers going up the way that they're going right now, I don't see how Bills fans are going to be allowed into the stadium in Orchard Park at any point this season. I don't see what they're going to do for a Super Bowl parade. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's at least fun to talk about. So thanks for the question over on Twitter at Rumblings Q&A. Before we get going here today, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the voicemails that came in this past week, and following our last episode, I asked for voicemail questions because we haven't had some in, you know, a couple months now, and so we got two voicemail questions in, one from Ryan in West Seneca and one from Tom in Niagara-Wheatfield, both of them asking about the linebackers, and... Um, so I just thought it was really kind of ironic that both of the questions were about how poorly the linebackers were playing and how they were just sitting back and letting the game come to them. And uh, and then, of course, they go out and Tremaine Edmonds and A.J. Klein both have a really nice game. So we talked about both of those things today, but I'm not going to play those questions because they were asked before the Seahawks game and it just kind of is incongruous with how the linebackers played against the Seahawks. So guys, thanks for sending in those voicemails. I really appreciate it. Um, but I think the bills answered your question and I didn't really have to this week. So uh, as always, you can send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. Tweet us at Rumblings Q&A. That's what the word and spelled out in the middle. Send us emails, buffalo com. Uh, Facebook messages and Instagram messages will get to me as well. If you like our podcast or any of the podcasts on the Buffalo Rumblings Network, please tell a friend and help spread the word. It really does help uh, make a personal connection with the show. If if you can recommend it to somebody else, they're much more likely to, to listen than if you know we pop up in their Twitter feed or in their podcast feed. So I appreciate that. You can um, ask Amazon Alexa or your home office assistant to ask uh, to play the buffalo rumblings podcasts and they'll pop up on there so i really appreciate all the ways you folks interact and listen to the buffalo rumblings podcast network my name is matt warren bills played the arizona cardinals this week and could solidify themselves at eight and two heading into the bye week i felt good to say go bills more to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals